Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings. Welcome in hour three of the program. Fast moving Monday night. Thanks for being along with us. Our team assembled here. We got Bershinger. He's rallying. We got Tyshirt. Our 
technical producer, and of course, Ralph Irvin on the updates. Jason Smith off tonight, which means I've got my tag team partner, Dan Byer, has tagged in the I Want Your Flex podcast. You can download that wherever you get your audio goodness, especially as you start getting ready for the new year. We'll have lots of tips and tricks for fantasy and a lot of uh, screaming about things that have gone wrong for us. And it's perfect when you have those get-in-shape resolutions. Listen to all of them. And you'll hear us tell you when we were right and usually when we're wrong because we're very self-deprecating in that regard. How you doing, Dan? I am doing well. And speaking of being wrong, I uh, I put a tweet out there of what I sent uh, when the Bears in Matt Nagy's first game against the Green Bay Packers. Remember that first half? How great that was? And uh, it was all downhill from there, I've basically said. But at that point, I predicted a Bears Super Bowl win after seeing that first half they had in Green Bay, a game that they ended up losing. But remember how just how great it was for those first 30 minutes, Mike, to open the season? And then it just all was all downhill. I feel like I want to now go through a video montage, and behind it I will celebrate the greatness of George Harrison, the quiet beetle, they always called him, uh, with his prolific body of work. Uh, all those years ago, when all you had was hope and promise of a new age and a turning of the page and a new regime and a creative offense, and you thought your front office knew what they were doing, and then you just say, well, history repeats itself. And now it's, well, where do you go from here? You drafted your quarterback, and now you've got a lot of questions on your roster. So, yeah, the optimism was there for a bit, right? Plenty of guys trumpeted Matt Nagy as a genius. Mm-hmm. I don't think that tag's there as much anymore. No. <laughs> but, but it, again, goes to the, all right, do you, who gets to pick the groceries? How much control do you have on that? Uh, and that that remains to be seen in in terms of the separation of duties and obviously Ryan Pace, they haven't made building an offensive line much of a priority. Finally, you have one on display tonight, and Tevin Jenkins, who'd missed most of the seasons. Not not often do you draft a guy early and say, you know what, I know he's got to have back surgery, but we got to have that guy. (laughs) That's not good. And then he looked like a guy who hadn't practiced much. And most weeks, uh, you have several penalties in big back-breaking spots, uh, and he he has struggled mightily. A lot of raw talent, but like with everything else, all right, you need to see it now if you want to preserve your head coach's job. And certainly another opportunity, one, two, five tonight, squandered in a 17-9 loss to the Vikings. Well, let's be real. This Matt Nagy era... As you, as you pointed out, they did make the playoffs in two out of the first three years. Yep. I think that we can agree that they've been trending in the wrong direction, especially this season. But Ryan Pace isn't the one that should be judging this team. Correct. It should be ownership that's judging this team because Ryan Pace also has the Trubisky uh, draft selection. And, Mike, when you're taking – and it's – it's not that he took Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes, but that is part of it. It's also just the fact of he made that pick behind his head coach's back from reports that we had heard that this was the direction that they were going to go with Trubisky at the time. And that's where Ryan Pace, you know, planted his flag. And then what what it seems to me, Mike, is that now they're in trouble again and Pace and now Nagy being his, his head coach, they're in trouble. 
and Pace is like, I'm going to plant my flag on Justin Fields, and then we criticize Justin Fields for it instead of being, you know, all right, Ryan Pace, where are these decisions to your point of everything else that you've done around? So it seems like they tried to use Justin Fields as a life preserver to keep them afloat. And then when it doesn't work out, it's not their problem. It's the quarterback's problem or maybe even Matt Nagy's problem, which there is a problem there, but it's just, you know, this is like, they need to clean house. Ryan Pace should not be their general manager in 2022. Should not happen. Yeah. It's the curiosity. And before the season, it's something you and I had talked about on the podcast and I've talked about here Uh, alongside Jason uh, as the season's gone on. There was, at one point in the biographies of both Pace uh, and Matt Nagy, a line about their contract details. And that line was removed Mm. before the season began. And so there was question and and speculation around Chicago that they may, may have been extended through 2022. Now, that's never been verified. And obviously, everybody's waiting to figure out at what point Matt Nagy is told he's done, whether it's after this game tomorrow. Uh, we know with ownership, right, it's a, a family business uh, at the top, and several members of the family have flat out said, I don't really know anything about this football stuff, which is not a good way to be because uh, yeah. then you put it in charge of folks that uh, you've allowed them to run and because you don't want to waste money. And that would be their terminology and the way they've thought of this organization of letting coaches play out, right? Instead of firing in season, saying, well, we're already on the hook, so finish it out. And what what you have is a situation now where it's constant speculation and trying to implement a new offense around a guy who's raw, right? And there were things you like to see from Justin Fields, and then there are moments – like with all rookie quarterbacks that just have you scratching your head going, all right, I want the, you know, the point of point of vision of what he's got, right? That point of view, give me one of those helmets and let me see what Justin Fields is reacting to in terms of the decision to throw, to not throw, to decide to run, to do a jump pass fake and not throw it away on a screen and take a sack and almost fumble. I mean, there are just moments where it just, what what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? And that's for the offense as a whole, you know, because oftentimes this year there were phase outs of David Montgomery in the run game. Now he got banged up a bit, but how you at a four three four four a carry clip would go away from the run game altogether at times has always been curious. But tonight, just the latest of ills, and we're tracking it. You know, eight penalties. Three on Tevin Jenkins. Uh, the number of turnovers, ball security, a problem. David Montgomery has it stripped inside the 10 yard line. Uh, we talked about fields and, you know, his ball insecurity has been a big deal. Hell, coming into this game, the Bears defense, which was taped together, right? This is duct tape and bandages uh, with COVID ravaging the squad plus injury, normal week 15 injury issues that you signed four guys off your practice squad to come up and play. Guys, collective seven snaps, I think, is what I read uh, for these four players. And they're able to hold the the Vikings to 17 points. That's a game you have to win in the NFL. Can I go through the drive chart? Please, please. Drive me nuts. Go ahead. First first possession, Bears, three and out, they punt. Right. Second possession, fumble uh, near midfield, but in Vikings territory, uh, 
Justin Fields turns it over. Vikings get the ball. Next possession, Bears drive down to the Viking 10-yard line. That's when David Montgomery fumbles, recovered by Minnesota. Next play, or next drive, 12 plays, ends up in a uh, field goal for the uh, for the Bears. And uh, so that's what you had before the half. So that was their oh, – wait, take that back. There was then the missed field goal. So they kicked the field goal and then missed the field goal. So there are four drives that we had just mentioned that ended up in Minnesota territory. They come away with three points. Then they have a five-play drive to start the second half and punt, three plays and punt, and then you have the uh, – turnover on the uh, or the blocked punt so you start in Minnesota territory then you end up turning it over on downs on 11 plays Mike in Minnesota territory and then you turn it on over on downs again in Minnesota territory fourth and goal at the nine fourth and four the 14 you don't convert and then you score the touchdown at the end of the game so there there weren't there weren't like you know tons of punts and three and out for a team that only scored nine times you know, they punted like three times in this game. Yeah, nine so, points total and, yeah. and six come on your final play. According yeah. to my guy, Todd Furman, you'll you'll hear a lot of great tales uh, about how much money was lost in that process. Uh, he didn't estimate that it was really would amount to any significant real money for that extra point not being kicked. But uh, I'm sure we'll have full analysis of that as it goes at Todd Furman, uh, where you can find him, our friend out in Vegas. But, yeah, it a lot of opportunities – squandered possessions ball security obviously a huge issue some of the decisions of when to go when to not uh stone hands from a couple of receivers right ball thrown to jimmy graham in the end zone that he would normally fight through three guys to get well he's not doing that anymore uh the first possession on the three and out an easy throw after the jenkins penalty to get things started let's not uh be remiss in uh pointing that out that right off the jump uh he gets called but a pass to Cole Komet that was, as Kevin Harlan described it on radio, a missile. It's like, just lay it out there. Just lay it out there. Let him make a catch. So that's the other thing, right? You're learning touch and down and distance and all that stuff on the fly. So, you know, you have those situations. But they drove the ball, controlled clock. Kirk Cousins had an an off night, right? We had the obvious no call that might have been a big play to Jefferson, might have still ended up in an incompletion or a, yeah. a turnover. But overall, you know, they did well to contain that passing game. And Dalvin Cook finished with a, a respectable stat line, but he was a non-factor. Yeah. And and and, and you had a, a game that was in your potential, within your reach, and you couldn't execute to finish out drives. Yeah, that that's got to be the frustrating part. But again, I'll say this: the, the more Bears losses, the better the better that it is for Bears fans, even without that first round pick, because it's it's time to move on. And and by the way, I don't blame Pace and Nagy for or whoever it was. I believe it was Ryan Pace to be like, all right, the, you know, Justin Fields is going to try to be our. That's who we're going to try to hitch our wagon to in moving on but whatever the dynamic was to play who or to play what and how that was going back and forth young quarterbacks have saved a lot of guys jobs and it's just for as great as you know as people want Andy Dalton to be he was only going to take them so far but more importantly he was not going to save anybody's job and I don't know why anybody would think that that he would do that Justin Fields was the only one that would be able to save jobs and that hasn't happened this year yeah and Going back, and I stand for starting Dalton and trying to figure it out because 
I don't know that this regime was going to get the best out of Justin Fields, both from a personnel standpoint and, again, owing to the conversation we had a little bit earlier to what San Francisco had is, like, you've got a team that, in theory, should be competitive, right? Maybe not Super Bowl-worthy. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, obviously, that's a tall order. But a team that, if things break right, was a playoff team and Dalton being a veteran, not turning the ball over a ton – and if you were healthy, right, Allen Robinson being lost, but everybody went through health issues, but that you'd be in the conversation to be a playoff team. So maybe with a bunch of guys getting ready to age out defensively and or get a bigger contract somewhere else, that you needed to decide, all right, we we play to go to the playoffs this year. That's why Andy Dalton was signed. Don't forget, they also retained Nick Foles this whole time sure. pay, and paid him $10 million yeah. to more or less sit there. And never traded him and didn't look – I don't know what the market would have been if there even was one. But the reality is you had $20 million tied up at veterans. And then you look at San Francisco, same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, of, all right, two years removed from a Super Bowl run, in theory back healthy, that you should be a competitive squad. So with Jimmy Garoppolo, while not explosive most games, and, and as we talked about earlier, a couple of throws each game that make you shake your head – the guy still has won 75% of his career starts. So if you're just looking for someone to guide the ship forward, then he was a guy to do it. Now, with Justin Fields, I found this article earlier that I thought I'd bring up just to show you where you can, where statistics can uh, not be your friend and, and put you in some uh, dubious company. Uh, when we look at, this is from ESPN Stats and Information, uh, and the QBR stat, and we can fight about quarterback rating all the time. Right, I know we we had folks on the network for years that that was the one stat they wanted to quote. It's like, go back and watch the game. Tell me how good the guy and difference making he was. But with his QB rating coming into tonight's game of twenty seven point four, you got Zach Wilson's the only guy worse since this stat was created in two thousand six. He was at twenty two point four uh, after. 10 starts, so this is a couple weeks old, but the point remains. Uh, and then you've got Josh Rose and Blaine Gabbert, Super Bowl winner Blaine Gabbert, and Jimmy Clausen are the five guys, former Bears draft pick as well. Or I guess he was with Carolina and then was a, was a Bears quarterback. See, there's the Bears find their way into everything here. <laughs> uh, but just the idea that you know, you've got some historically bad numbers in that respect. But then you pull back the game, and as you and I do, it's the, all right, there's a flashpoint. There's a recognition. There's a, and it, it's trying to figure out, well, how do you string those together and avoid some of those big negative plays, right? Yeah. Does that come with time? Is it concerning? You know, the can both be true in the moment while you try to take full stock of the 11 starters that you have on offense, right? You got Montgomery, and you got Mooney, and Komet at times looks like, he could be a solid contributor for you. Beyond that, rebuilt offensive line and a lot of questions. You know what my question would be? Was this article put out because the Bears were on Monday Night Football? Because this was an ESPN article. And all I'm going to say, and I know I may be be so pro-Justin Fields, but if the only quarterback that was worse than Justin Fields in QBR rating was Zach Wilson, shouldn't this be a Zach Wilson article? Unless it was solely Mike for the point because it's an ESPN game. The Bears are on, are on Monday night. But I just I, I think, man, we pile on them. You know, well, and, I think and, I'd repurpose it if the, the Jets were playing 
you know, in a prime time spot. I mean, you could but, you could run that article all over the place. I mean, just sure. change change the uh, one or two paragraphs and one but, or two quotes by analysts, and away you go. You know, you're putting you're putting Justin Fields in the Josh Rosen, Blaine Gabbard category when Zach Wilson's numbers are worse, but he's just a side note, and he started more games than Justin Fields has. Like that's. I and and I would I would say no matter how bad the Jets are, at least their direction seems to be going up with who they are. Who knows if it'll stay up or whatever? But just the Bears are just in a complete, you know, mess. It seems like in Chicago. So to put it all on the rookie quarterback's shoulders, I just kind of find this garbage. Well, it's just another one of a long buffet line. Of who yeah. to blame here, Dan? Sure. I mean, because yeah. look, I can't absolve him of of anything. Having watched every down of these games, there and we'll wa- even just watch, even if you just watch this Monday night game. I mean, the the number of issues mm-hmm. uh, over the course of the game of decision making. But the curiosity remains. We got three more weeks of this season. Uh, we'll try to get a little bit of Matt Nagy game react uh, as we go through. Uh, but I have. L- gone way too long-winded on the Bears, so we are going to turn our attention coming up next to fan appreciation. Sometimes, you know, just don't bother. Put in a public address announcement. This is one of the worst uh, promotions ever by an NFL team. Dan Byer in for Jason. I'm Mike. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. That it is. Welcome back in Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Dan Beyer is in for Jason Smith tonight. Monday afternoon, Monday night football. Still two games to be played to finish off week 15. It'll mercifully come to an end. I know for a lot of fantasy owners, your season came to an end. Next hour, we'll get into waiver wire pickups for those of you that are still alive and some of the big storylines coming out of this week and the chaos that was, the injuries and news and notes. Dan, you still have a game that you have to sweat over tomorrow with your beloved Seahawks. <laughs> it was, it's actually been a really exciting time as a uh, Seahawk fan over these uh, last couple of games, Mike, because they have reappeared on the In the Hunt graphic on yes. some networks, not on all of them, but on some of them that want to believe that a 5-8 and eight team is, is technically still in the hunt for a playoff spot. But that's what we have. And if the Seahawks can get a win tomorrow, they would just be, or on Tuesday, they would just be a game back of the final wild card spot in the NFC. It makes you kind of wish that some of those other games would have maybe broken their way. Uh, not to say that they should have won. You just maybe wish that a break here or there would have helped them go to victory. But hey, still in the hunt. That's all you can ask for in the NFL. Well, if you're a television network, don't you want more teams on that graphic? Doesn't it make the league and your product look better? Yeah, I think it does. Well, it does. And that's the funny thing about this is the, the NFL is so about parody and so wanting everybody in. And when you look at it right now, here we are at week 15, and I know there's 18, but there are only four teams right now who are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And the NFL says, all right, let's pat ourselves on the back for that just to keep all of these teams interested. But realistically, are the 4-10 Giants and 4-10 Bears in it? No, they're not. But everybody in the AFC that hasn't been eliminated is in it. So I guess the NFL can pat themselves on the back for that one. Well, you want to create that, right? What do you got? The Jets, the Lions, yep. the uh, Dan Campbell fighting Lions. Uh, obviously, the Bears are on life support. Uh, and in the AFC, what, Houston? Houston, the Jets, and Jaguars. Yeah, and the Jaguars, of course. Yes. So when when we look at it, though, I mean, you got the Rams tomorrow. I, I would expect Dan Byer to be there cheering himself hoarse on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. And then they have the Bears and the Lions to finish off the season. 
Yeah, they, they, and a road game against the Cardinals is their, their final matchup, and you thought maybe there'd be an opportunity where the Cardinals wouldn't have anything to play for. Now a little different story after they ended up losing, but, I mean, it's going to be a tall task to go to to go to the, to L.A. And, and beat the Rams, but that's what kind of made this whole COVID situation frustrating. I know the Raiders, Mark Davis said it was a competitive disadvantage. The Seahawks were likely going to be without Tyler Lockett and, and uh, Alex Collins for the game, but because of the extension or the movement of the game, the Rams get Jalen Ramsey back and the Seahawks place a couple of players on the COVID right. list. So, and Daryl Henderson and Odell Beckham Jr. all coming back as well. Yeah, yeah. So there, I mean, and, and, and there's the risk that the Seahawks could have more players that are ended up ruled out because of the movement of this game. So tell me, how is it fair that you move this game for a, one team and then the other team ends up having consequences from it? I did like Mark Davis's solution. He goes, you know what? I don't think this is fair. It's a couple of extra days and everything else. But you know what? We should play the game in Las Vegas. I want another game day gate take off of this. I thought that well, was an interesting spin. It'd be a compromise because on the surface, it sounds like, and this is what happens in fantasy football leagues. You're like, well, this was a rule we didn't foresee or a situation we didn't foresee happening, but this would be the really fair thing to do. Well, the NFL, I think, said that with all of these, you know, with these outbreaks and these these positive tests and, and these guys being put on the reserve COVID list. But what they didn't realize is that the other team on the other sideline could be affected by it. So maybe it wasn't perfect for everybody to to do. And that's where I think that they misjudged it and why I think that Mark Davis had a legitimate gripe. And why not ask for the game to be played in Vegas? Because they were the ones that were actually really being inconvenienced. Well, and talking and uh, doing the show as I do with Bucky Brooks on Sunday mornings, he brought up the point of, all right, for the Raiders, now you might go into and they end up winning the game right in, in dramatic fashion. Uh, I saw the stats since he came into the league. Uh, Derek Carr now has the most comeback victories of any quarterback uh, in the National Football League during that time, going to 2014 to today. But the idea that over those two days, you might have started to jam more stuff into your your game plan as opposed sure. to here's what we're going with. And now maybe you, you would confuse, not confuse, but make it too elaborate, and work in some sequences that maybe throw off everything else that you'd built the rest of the week, right? That is like, wait, we got another 48 hours? Get back to the meeting rooms. Let's go. Uh, and in the end, they got out a win, and, and folks will bemoan it. It's one of the 272. Wasn't pretty, uh, but did give us a dramatic end sequence. Some questioning uh, with no Stefanski there, right? out, Obviously, because of the protocols, you know, that in his stead, the decision to run Nick Chubb three straight times after taking the lead and not putting not that you want to put the ball on Mullen's hands to fire it downfield mm-hmm. but trying to at least get the passing game involved to maybe just run out clock instead of thinking all right we'll run it into the line three times and see how we go I I I know we shouldn't talk about Baker Mayfield when he didn't play in the game you could I, you could talk about Baker Mayfield go ahead this is this is a, a realization that I had with Tua in Miami. Tua's played really well, and I felt that the Dolphins should analyze Tua throughout this entire season, again, to not just give up on a quarterback early. But what kind of dawned on me earlier on in the season was that maybe the Dolphins weren't a good enough team around Tua, so they needed to make a change because they needed the quarterback to be better to make up for the deficiencies in their team. 
And I kind of feel that way about Cleveland, where when you look at the pieces that they have, and they have a really good offensive line, they have a really good run game, that there's Miles Garrett's, you know, going to be a defensive player of the year candidate, you know, every year for the next five or ten years. You've got guys there, but really as a team, where are you? And where do you need to really get that lift? And that's where I think the real conversation will come with with Baker Mayfield tonight. They probably didn't have any really re- real reason to be in this game. Maybe it says more about, you know, just really who the Raiders are than, than anything of – of needing that close to, uh, you know, to beat the Cleveland Browns. But I think that's going to be the question that you're going to be dealing with uh, this offseason as well. It's, it's not just about Baker Mayfield. It's how good is this team around Baker Mayfield? Because I thought that they were a lot better. When they played that game against the Chargers and lost in that shootout earlier in the season, I thought, man, this team is, you know, they, they, they can get after you defensively. They can get after you offensively. They could do a lot of things. They're going to be there. And they just haven't. And I think that that's going to be a decision they're going to have to obviously figure out this offseason yeah the old when healthy right that offensive mm-hmm. lines missed a little bit kareem hunt was not available not that De Ernest johnson hasn't had his moments but kareem hunt at his full is you know 1a to nick chubb to make it make it really work and baker more or less just is a caretaker i don't want to dismiss yeah. him right he didn't play today so you know taking a baseball bat out to what he's been but when they've called on him to make big throws i don't think they have the receivers to go and do that downfield no right people's jones is a, a nice raw talent but he leaves as many on the field as he catches as you saw today right mm-hmm. same same thing of big opportunities uh and then you know you're missing a couple of your your key parts but I don't know how much those key parts are, are big for you other than, all right, we can move the ball between the 20s a little bit. You know, making big plays with Jarvis Landry are, generally aren't there. And how much of that is Baker, as most would like to put it on him, versus these other guys aren't game changers. Yeah. And I, I've liked Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he's a good player. But there is a difference from being the number three to being the number two. And then in this, you know, situation with Cleveland and being the number one right now. Like, there's... And, and and I don't want to sit and make these sweeping, you know, statements about the Browns after they just played this game pretty depleted. But I think when you look at what is there in the AFC, and even though it looks like a logjam, I think there are certain teams that are kind of starting to separate themselves a little bit, being the Chiefs being one of them, uh, the Patriots maybe being one of them, and the Colts and Chargers are trending up the, the, the right way as well. And so you just don't see that with Cleveland. So I think it's I, – it, while it may not seem like the right time to do it, I think it's fair to do it with only three weeks left in the season and then try to figure out what you're going to do in the offseason. Well, and then you're looking at the, the Raiders on the other side. As we talked with Jason Lockett, for earlier in the show, like, well, they, they may find their way in, but do they feel dangerous? No. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not a, a an exciting brand of football. Derek Carr in big moments, even the most ardent of, you know, supporters of the Raiders, including some people we know are like, yeah, here he goes again, right? The fumble, turnovers uh, starting to pile up. And look, he got him a victory and, and they're able to finish it off. But you know, do you trust that defense in big moments? Do you trust the offense to be able to put up more than 17 or 20 points on a given week? And the answer is no. Do you think the Browns would be better if Derek Carr was their quarterback? Ooh. Yes. I think so, too. I I think so, too. And I thought about that watching the game. That's interesting. Being like, yeah. Just of, of just of 
of what that would provide. And, and again, it's not about Baker Mayfield, but it is kind of about Baker Mayfield, but it's about the Browns as well. I thought they'd be better. And, and even I'm looking at the, the list of teams, Raiders being included in this, Dolphins as well. They're trending up. Ravens, uh, Steelers, Broncos, the teams that are on the outside looking into the playoffs. All those teams, I think the Browns probably have the best roster. Um, even though I, I said that maybe they need that quarterback to, to lift them up a little bit. When you look at the players that they do have and the amount of impact players they have, I think they're better than any of the teams that are on the outside looking in right now. And that's, you know, that that's something Cleveland's going to have to figure out. But well, everybody know. that analyzes full rosters before the season, they're praying that either Cleveland or Miami get into the playoffs. Yeah. Right. The yeah. hey, look at from top to bottom, the best team. And yep. for a long time, Miami didn't play that well. Uh, at all, right? They had the seven-game losing streak, and now here they are at seven and seven, uh, knocking on the door uh, with teams that week to week you don't know what you're getting. Baltimore, Buffalo, mm-hmm. the Chargers still Charger games away now and again. Sorry, Frostburg, it's true. Uh, but <laughs> we, we continue. Uh, one team that isn't anywhere near the playoffs. We mentioned them in passing, and I, and I have to bring them up just quickly because this fan appreciation day for the Giants. Dan is one of the most laughable things ever. They had announced that for the game against Dallas that they were going to go out and get housed by. Uh, season ticket holders were going to get a free medium soft drink. Mm, Cost of soft drink, eh, what, about a penny? Because you got to pay for the cup. The other stuff is usually given to you yeah. free. Yes. And then, it, and then, wait, on game day, it turned out you only got one per season ticket account. <laughs> Not even per seat. And let's be real. The large is usually souvenir cup. So medium is probably the disposable like wax cup. Man, I actually really wanted to support the Giants just because they have Pepsi products. And I am a Pepsi over Coke guy. There are a few of us out there, but that is me. And this this is a tough one to go because you go medium cup and then you only go one person that holds the actual... Oh man! Listen, I'm sure that everybody gets at MetLife Stadium, but hey, come on! Yeah, to your point, the amount of carbonation that they and water that they put in on the uh, fountain drinks. By the way, do you prefer fountain, can, or bottle when it comes to your soft drinks? Ooh, um, used to be bottle. Fountains okay because fountains have fountain. gotten beyond the you know the basics, right? We can get some of these weird combinations. Yeah, some of the. Uh, bougier you know boutique kind of sodas that are uh, out there that you can find so on pure taste i would go fountain can bottle there you go we rank stuff here on fox sports radio convenience bottle because you can close it and you're fine but i would go on just pure taste and first drink fountain number one can second with that and then bottle third look at we got the sound effect too that was dan buyer live (laughs) Doing that for you. By the way, they still have one more home date against Washington to end the season on January 9th. You guys have two weeks to figure something out. Just give everybody a t-shirt or something. Save face. Moth sticks. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. 
you listen to it, I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. of Tom Brady Stole the Show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, something like that. Welcome in. It's Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. I was waiting for 
uh, just a giant scream there, Dan. I, I didn't know oh. where we were going with this holiday classic. And there it is. I, it paid itself off in a matter of seconds. Welcome back in. Hanging out with us here on a Monday night. A couple of Monday night games. We'll uh, do the reviews and big takeaways as we do. Uh, a little bit of the I want your flex kind of feel to the final hour of the program uh, today. You know, you got to preview and get in there and sell, sell, sell the merch. And we got Bershinger as our executive producer. He's he's battling. He is grappling here, Dan Beyer, uh, and getting through. And, of course, Ralph Irvin on the updates. Uh, something over the weekend that you probably saw in passing in between uh, updated COVID lists, injury lists, and NFL previews is that Tiger Woods hit the links this weekend. Dan, PNC Championship with his son Charlie, both wearing their Sunday red best, playing in the scramble. And they took a two-shot loss to John Daly and John Daly, too. That's right. I call it like he's a sequel. Uh, I like Little John. I like that He's not one. so little. No. I guess that's kind of like the old uh, Robin Hood uh, movie from Disney. You know, Little John was uh, huge. So same kind of thing. But, uh, you know, putting on the belt and, and all the fun that went around there. But the story, obviously, Tiger Woods getting back out after the horrific car accident. We've seen the reports and, and all the medical side of it of what almost happened right the potential amputation of a leg and and now here he is back on a course with his son and you get all those feel-good moments of well he's yeah. out there with his son but also just marveling all right he's back on a course the fact of just him being out there and he had he was able to use a cart for the the two days so that that helped. He didn't have sure. to to walk the the full eighteen, but still to be able to get to that point, you still saw Tiger walking with a limp. Don't know if it's you know because of of the you know the still the rehab process or if he's always going to have that sort of limp. But when they reeled off eleven straight birdies to get into contention because they weren't in contention after after Saturday's round, it was really really cool to see. And and I have no idea what the future is going to hold for for Charlie. Woods and it's it's always going to be unfair for people to try to compare obviously him to his dad but if he has any sort of success Mike to me it was pretty apparent that Charlie Woods could be the the next huge draw on the PGA Tour if he decides to that's where he wants to go with his career if he wants to become a professional golfer and try to make that you know and it's by the way it's, it's not easy it's not easy to get it on the pga tour but when you see how people were just drawn into that just to see tiger but also how they respond to charlie like you think about in 10 years from now if he's you know coming out of college and trying to make his way he is going to be the draw when it comes to tournaments if you were playing i don't mean to put those sort of expectations no on let's him. put it out there let's that's what we're doing here but it, it's just it was that's like how captivating it was it was so great to see tiger but then it's also so neat to see his son and to see him play that he is going to be such a draw well because he's a little bit chirpy too right he, he had oh, a little yeah. bit of swagger to him and it's like all right, you got a guy who could be a a, a top level either heel or face mm -hmm. uh, for the PGA Tour. Uh, and Matt Kuchar uh, and his son Cam played with Woods and his son on the final round. He came away saying, hey, still has speed. The irons are spectacular, pin high every time. It was awesome. And suggesting that Tiger Woods' game was on the PGA Tour level right now. 
And Tiger was like, no, 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 no. I'm not at that level. I can't compete against these guys right now. It's going to take a lot of work to get where I can feel I can compete and be at a high level. Yeah, it's go- it's going to take a while. And I actually think that the- with the major schedule, like there's no longer a PGA in August. They moved it to May a few years back. So it really goes from April to, to mid-July. And to-, to hope that Tiger can compete in any of those, just even one of those, I, I still think it's a ways off. I I – I don't think that he's going to get to that level, but he loves to prove us wrong, and maybe he'll prove me wrong. I hope he does. As they say, the long road begins literally with that first step. He's Dan Beyer in for Jason Smith. I'm Mike Harmon, the Jason Smith Show, with Mike Harmon here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in this next hour, we've got our fantasy waiver wire, some takeaways, and the big storylines heading out of Week 15. Oh, and we preview, because we still have two Tuesday games. Stay with us here on Fox Sports Radio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.